Hello, beloved, and welcome to this weekly Bible study of ours. Uh, as you know, we are busy with the Holy Spirit, specifically the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. Now, last week, we basically started looking at some biblical evidence that the Spirit is a person. And we've looked at the fact that it is in the New Testament that we have basically the clearest teachings that the Holy Spirit indeed is a person, as the Father is a person and the Son is a person within the Trinity. So in the New Testament, we find enough, or let's say we find good, solid evidence that um, the Holy Spirit is indeed a person. Okay, not obviously not a person like us, no? a person like the Father and the Son uh, and the, how can I say, and then the Holy Spirit, the three persons in the triune God. Nah. One being, three persons. That's what we're talking about. In that sense, the Holy Spirit is a person. Before we continue though, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for your love and kindness towards us. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done for us. And thank you, Father, that we can study the Holy Spirit and specifically this aspect of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is not a force, uh, or uh, something else, but that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune God. And Father, it's such a privilege to, to study this. I pray that you will open up our hearts to receive your word, our minds to understand your word. At the end of the day, Father, you may be glorified in and through each one of our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, now, in the New Testament, we find that the works of the Holy Spirit basically shows us that he is a person. Now, the works of the Holy Spirit are similar to the works of the Father and the Son. Okay, because we're talking about the triune God. Ne? We're talking about God. God the Holy Spirit is not less God than God the Father or God the Son. Okay, so it's very important. But what we are looking at now in this Bible study, and I want to um, encourage you to, to take the Open up at those verses that we are going to look at now, so that you can see from Scripture what Scripture teaches about the Holy Spirit being uh, a person, which means the Holy Spirit has characteristics that, how can I say, that are similar to that of a person, rather than the Holy Spirit having characteristics that are similar to a force or something that's not um, a person. Okay. One of the things that we see in the New Testament is that the Holy Spirit teaches. If you go to John chapter 14, verse 26, this is what we read. John 14, verse 26, we read, But the Helper, that's the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. All right, so clearly it says, the Spirit, which is the helper that Jesus said would come and to basically come and dwell within believers and lead believers, guide believers. There's different things that the Holy Spirit does for believers. But what he will do is he will be a helper. Okay, and he calls, he calls him the helper. He says, the Holy Spirit, the helper, whom the Father will send in my name. He says, he will teach you all things. Now, this is a very interesting thing to say. He will teach you all things. Now, beloved, 
one of the things that we have, and this is just so wonderful, is we have the Bible, the 66 books of the Old and the New Testament. We have the completed Canaan of the Bible, which means that the Bible is complete and it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Ne? It was the Holy Spirit who inspired the writers of the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, to write down what they wrote down. Obviously, it's within their own personalities, within their own context. The Holy Spirit uh, basically inspired the writers to write what he wanted them to write. Now, if Jesus says, and this is Jesus speaking in John chapter 14, verse 26, he says, when the Helper comes, now the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And this is the amazing thing. You and I have the privilege to have all things in the sense that we have everything we need in the Bible who is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now the writers are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has basically in, how can I say, inspired the writers of the Bible to write everything that is necessary for us to be able to live the kind of lives that is pleasing to God. That's the, it's, it's amazing. If you go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, very well, well known um, verses, verses 16 and 17. This is what we read. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, right? So it's the, the scripture is inspired by God. All of Scripture is inspired by God. Now, obviously, we know it's God the Spirit now, that is the one that inspired the writers of the Bible to write the Bible. Okay, so the Scripture, all Scripture, is given by inspiration of God. And then it says, And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17 says, That the man of God may be complete, which means um, complete in the sense of uh, perfect, complete, uh, have lack of nothing else, okay, so that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, in this sense, as we, as the Apostle Paul said to Timothy in Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen and seventeen, in in that sense, it is the Spirit through the Word who teaches us all things necessary to live the kind of lives that are pleasing to God, that, um, how can I say, that is good for, for godliness, uh, holiness, so that we can live the lives that, that glorifies God in every aspect of our lives. Right. So what the Holy Spirit did is He inspired the writers of the Bible so that through them He can teach us all things that we need to have or need to know about God, about salvation, about living holy lives, about election and um, rebirth and you know regeneration and all these kind of things. The Holy Spirit inspired the scriptures in such a way that we can now know all the things necessary for us to live the kind of lives that are pleasing to God. Right, so in that sense, the Holy Spirit teaches us all things because he gave it to us in written form. Isn't that amazing? I believe it's absolutely amazing that the Holy Spirit does this. But then that's not all the Holy Spirit does. 
The Holy Spirit doesn't only teach. The Holy Spirit also reminds us. Same verse, John 15, verse 26. Um, I mean, 14, verse 26. It says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And then it says, in the last part of verse 26 of John 14, it says, And bring to your uh, a remembrance all things that I said to you. And this is actually so beautiful. Remember, we've got the four Gospels. And in the four Gospels, once again, it was the Holy Spirit who inspired the writers of the Gospels to write down what they wrote down about the life, the ministry, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, if the writers of the four Gospels wrote down um, different aspects of who Christ is, for example, Matthew that um, wrote to the Jewish people, uh, speaking about Jesus being the king, Mark speaking about Jesus being the servant that came to serve, Luke speaking about Jesus being the son of man, nah, he was fully man, and John speaking about the divinity of Jesus Christ, the fact that Jesus Christ is fully God. So now what the Holy Spirit, what, what we read here is that the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So what the Holy Spirit did was inspired the writers of the Gospels to write down what Jesus said. So we have a record of what Jesus said. Obviously not everything because John's Gospel tells us that if or everything that Jesus said and did would be written down, not the books of the world, uh, in the world, in all the world at that stage would be able to contain what Jesus said. So it's very important that this is... We've got enough in Scripture, we've got enough in the four Gospels to remind us of what Jesus Christ said. Okay? So the Holy Spirit then uses what is written in the Bible to remind us of what Jesus Christ said and how, what Jesus Christ did and all that kind of thing. And, and that kind of, how can I say, tells us exactly that the Holy Spirit is not just the one who teaches, but he's also the one who reminds. And he did it in a, a very, very special way by giving us the Canaan, giving, giving us the Bible with things written in there enough so that you and I can live the kind of lives that's pleasing to God, that we can live godly lives, that we can embrace the things that God has given to us. But it's just so beautiful. But then the Spirit also guides. Another characteristic of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides. And this is John chapter 16 verse 13 says, Whoever, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, it says, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Now, this is quite a mouthful. Okay, The Holy Spirit guides. But it says he will guide you into all truth. Absolutely amazing. Now, who is the truth? If we talk about the truth, I've done it last week in, or Sunday in the, the evening service. Now we're talking about truth and the truth. 
It's interesting that the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth here in verse 13 now of John chapter 16. So if the Spirit of Truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. That means everything that is true, that is honorable, that is right, He will guide us in those things. Where do we find the truth? We find the truth in the Word of God. But ultimately, who is the truth? We know that Scripture teaches us that Jesus is the truth. Because it says that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. Alright, so He will guide us into all truth. He will guide us, firstly, to Christ, right, who is the truth. But He will also guide us to take the truth from His Word, which He inspired. And in that way, He will guide us uh, into all truth that ultimately leads to the truth, and that is Jesus Christ. And he says, and he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. So eschatological, which means uh, when we talk about the end time, we can say to one another that it is the Holy Spirit who gave us the word, and a third of the Bible consists of prophecy, which means things that was yet to come. Okay, and here Jesus says that that's exactly what the Holy Spirit will do, is he will tell you things to come. And those things we find in the Bible, in God's Word. And beloved, that's the amazing thing about the way the Holy Spirit works. And that's why the Scripture is so important to us. That's why we can never ever bypass the Scriptures, because it's the Holy Spirit that guides us into truth into all truth. It's the Holy Spirit that, uh, the, the scriptures that the Holy Spirit uses to basically guide us to the truth. It is the, uh, the, the scriptures that has all the, tr- uh, the truth that we need in it. And the Holy Spirit uses the word to remind us of what Jesus Christ has said. And then he teaches us the things that we need to be taught through the scriptures. That's why the Bible plays such a major role uh, in the life of believers. And beloved, I believe that's why the Bible is in such, under such attack. The first thing that is attacked when it comes to the Bible is normally inerrancy. The fact that there's no mistakes in the original text of the Bible. Remember, we work with translations. And in translations, there are always mistakes. Always things that are not 100% accurate. That's, that's a translation. But in the original, which we don't have, by the way, we've got different manuscripts, but we don't have the original, but we've got very old manuscripts that we can fall back on. There's small, small differences, just a little bit more than 1% differences between all the thousands of manuscripts that has been um, uh, been, been used to, to translate the Bible from. All right. So, the Holy Spirit guides us, but then the Holy Spirit also convicts us. That's another characteristic of the Spirit. The Spirit convicts us. If you go to John chapter 16 and verse 8, just a few verses before the verse we just used, what we just looked at, John 16 verse 8 says, And when He has come, that's the Holy Spirit, 
he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. This this word convict in the Greek, uh, in the New Testament, uh, it basically means to conv- or to convict yeah, is to prove one in the wrong and thus to shame that person. Right, so when the Holy Spirit convicts, then the Holy Spirit actually proves the world to be wrong. Okay, so he shames the world. Because that's what the world does. And what the Holy Spirit does is he convicts the world of sin. He convicts the world that they are f- the world is full of sin. And because the world is full of sin, one day it's going to be destroyed. It's like a... A person finding, uh, let's say, a suitcase, but inside that suitcase is just a lot of, um, how can I say, all kinds of crawly, creepy crawly things. Best is to take that suitcase and to burn it. Okay. So, um, here in the in the the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts. And he will convict the world of sin. So he will put the world to shame. Okay? And to convict is basically to prove, to prove that someone is wrong. Okay? Then, the next one is that the Spirit gives life from God. The Spirit gives life from God. Another characteristic of the Spirit. We read in Titus chapter 3, verse 4 to 5. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, towards man appeared. Verse 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saves us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us life that comes from God. Now, you and I, we can also, we can be instrumental. Now, the Holy Spirit has the ability to regenerate. Yeah? The Holy Spirit has the ability to um, enable people to live holy lives. We don't have that. But what we do have is we have the ability to preach the gospel. And as we preach the gospel, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Yeah? So then the gospel will do its work in that person's life and that person will be given life from God. Okay, those who God called to himself when they hear the gospel uh, and they are, they react to the gospel, it's because God has worked it in them to react to the gospel and God gives them life, eternal life, uh, through faith in Jesus Christ yeah, because they accept the gospel and they accept the word of the gospel. All right, so the Holy Spirit, in the same way, because it's the Holy Spirit that enables us, He gives us the power to be effective witnesses for Him in this world so that people can come to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that they can uh, have life that comes from God. Okay. Another one is that the Spirit intercedes for us. The Spirit intercedes. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. That's one of the beautiful things about the Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is the one who helps us in our weaknesses. There are always things that we are weak in. And the Holy Spirit helps us. All right, now he continues to say in verse 26 of Romans chapter 8. For we do not know what we should pray. 
for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now in one of the commentaries I read the following. Let me quote it to you about this verse. Now, Romans 8.26 The commentary says, Divine articulations within the Trinity that cannot be expressed in words. Now this is this whole idea of He does intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, so these things are divine articulations within the Trinity that cannot be expressed in words but carry profound appeal for the welfare of every believer. So these, these, these groanings, these utterings of the Holy Spirit, this intercession is amazing that it, 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 we don't know. No? We cannot express these things in, in words because it's far above what we can understand. But what it does is it, it carries a profound appeal for the welfare of every believer. It's the Holy Spirit interceding for the welfare of every single believer. Now this work of the Holy Spirit, the commentary says, parallels the high priestly work of intercession by the Lord Jesus on our behalf or on behalf of believers. You know, remember Jesus' um, intercessionary prayer? In uh, John chapter 17, his high priestly prayer, absolutely beautiful, where Jesus intercedes for us, so the Holy Spirit intercedes for God's people. Okay. Uh, the text says, Romans 8.26, The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Absolutely beautiful. But then the Holy Spirit also commands, we read in Acts chapter 8, verse 29. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. Now that was, remember when Philip went up to the uh, Ethiopian eunuch? Or eunuch? And um, the eunuch was reading from Isaiah and he didn't understand. And Philip spoke to him, shared with him about the Lord Jesus Christ from the Old Testament. And then this eunuch said, But... What prevents me from being baptized? And uh, Philip asked him, if you believe, you can. And he said, yeah, I believe. So he was baptized and then the Holy Spirit took Philip away. But the thing is that this, it was the Holy Spirit who commanded Philip to go and to basically talk to the Ethiopian eunuch. Absolutely amazing. Eh? In Acts chapter 3 or 13 verse 2 we read, and as they ministered to the Lord, this is now in Antioch, this is the leadership of Antioch, when they ministered to the Lord, when they were basically praying and fasting, uh, it says, oh yeah, and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Absolutely amazing. All right, so it's the Holy Spirit who basically informs the leaders of the church in Antioch that Saul and Barnabas, Saul is um, his Hebrew name, and Paul, his Greek name now, or his pagan name, what you, his Gentile name, a Roman name. Uh, so the Holy Spirit comes and says, separate Barnabas and Saul so that they can go and do the w work that the Holy Spirit has called them to. So he gives them the command. Now, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He commands God's people. In Acts chapter 16, verse 6, we read, Now when they had 
gone through um, Phrygia and uh, the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And here the Holy Spirit is the one who basically prevents um, Paul to, to go to a specific area. Okay, because he is in control. The how can I say the the, min, the 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 outreach of the gospel or the reach of the gospel? It was the Holy Spirit who gave people power to witness to wherever He wants them, wanted them to to go and to witness. All right, so the Holy Spirit is the one who commands. Now, beloved, it is clear that a thing cannot teach cannot remind us of anything, cannot guide us, cannot convict us, cannot give life that comes from God, cannot intercede for us, and cannot command us. A thing cannot do that. The Holy Spirit does these things because the Holy Spirit is a person. See, the Holy Spirit is not a power. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is a person. Okay, so... Uh, because he has the characteristics of a person. Because the Holy Spirit can teach, he can remind us, he can guide us, he can convict us, he can give us life that comes from God, and he can intercede for us, and he can command us to do certain things. With that being said, beloved, that's the end of today's Bible study, uh, or this week's Bible study. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we can find the truth in your word. And Wow. So amazing to know that the Holy Spirit is not a, a thing or a power, but the Holy Spirit is a person. Thank you for that. Thank you for teaching us. And I pray that we will, you will be glorified in and through our lives as we continue with our walk with you every single day. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he give you his peace. God willing, until next time, bye-bye.